one of the big, big things that I've really focused on is if it's not a hell yes, it's probably a hell no. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. You guys, I just had the best time recording this interview with my new friend, Nina Gibson. If you haven't heard of Nina before, get ready. She is so much fun and a little bit of spice too, which we always welcome here. But Nina is a holistic SEO coach. And we dig into what SEO is and why it's important for you as a small business owner and entrepreneur in this episode. She's also the host of the Elevated Visibility Podcast. She's a thought leader. We talked today about all the things like long form content, legacy content, human design, like so much. And we had like, we could have talked for hours and you'll hear in the episode that I kind of lose my train of thought a couple of times because I'm so wrapped up in the conversation. I'm like, I don't even know what I was supposed to ask next. But I think that is indicative of a really next level, authentic conversation that we just happened to capture in a podcast. So if you are ready to get visible with your business in ways beyond social media, dun, dun, dun. Yep, we're going there. In today's interview with my new friend, Nina Gibson. Nina, I am so pumped to be chatting with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to record with us today for the podcast. Yay, I'm so excited. I'm really pumped too. I think we're going to have a very, very awesome conversation. Uh, I came across your socials this summer. And from the jump, when I came to your Instagram, I was like, this girl speaks my language. (laughs) I loved like the way you speak, the topics that you address. And I'm like, everything you said, I was like, 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 and then I'm just, she needs to come on the podcast. So thank you for being so open and sharing so much of yourself and your perspective with your followers. Because as a follower, I was like, this is my soul sister all the way in Maine. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to jump into you today, um, talking about what you specialize in and your views. So why don't I like hand it over for a sec, go ahead and tell us who you are, where you're from and what you do. Yeah. Awesome. So yay. I completely feel the same way. Can I just share like total soul sisters? I love it. So yay. Yes. It was destiny to be on the podcast. Um, So I'm Nina Gibson. As you guys know, I am an SEO expert and digital marketer. Uh, I live in Southern Maine on the coast, uh, complete beach bum, though, like I had my last beach day and I didn't know it. And now I'm really sad about it. So I have been in SEO and marketing since 2009. I kind of started like happenstance when I lost my job in 2008 with the market crash. And I kind of fell into it and I really loved it and liked it. And uh, it stuck. And then in 2014, when I got pregnant with my first child, I had this crazy job, <laughs> crazy boss. And I was like, I can't have a baby and do this. So I started building up like clients on the side through word of mouth. And I was like, you know what? In a year, I'll quit my job. Three months into doing that, 
I was able to quit my job because I just, I wanted it. I wanted to be home with my baby and I wanted it. And I hustled my ass off and I've been doing that ever since. And then two years ago, kind of like around the time COVID happened and every, everybody and their brother was like shifting their perspectives on life. Mm -hmm. Um, all of my business pretty much up until that point had been very corporate centric and word of mouth referrals, which is amazing, but I was really, really burned out. I was burned out on the corporate Slack channels and the urgent nonstop hair on fire emails. And I started, I joined a mastermind and I was like, you know what? I really want to help entrepreneurs and female business owners. And so here I am. So, you know, two and a half years later, making that uh, vision and dream a reality. So yeah, it's been kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm happy where I've landed so far. Your story is so relatable to me, but also I know a lot of our listeners too, as someone who is like passionate about what you do, you want to grow your business, you want to help others, but you've also got a family and you've got all these other things that you want to be able to do as well. And so I hear through your introduction, just like, you know, allowing yourself to grow and evolve and then allow your business to grow and evolve alongside you as a person. And I think that is something that's so admirable and something we can learn from in the rest of the conversation today. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the, I've said before, and I'll say it again, entrepreneurship is as much a personal development journey as it is a business one in 150%. And I think when, like for me, when I started realizing that, and I focused on the personal and use that to fuel me and my business and really follow what I wanted to do. That's where serious, serious magic starts to happen. And it has for me, but it's a journey. It's a process. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that because <laughs> like the energetic side of it lights me mm-hmm. up. So we're going to definitely dig into that, but let's go a little bit. So we're going to go back in your story a little bit. And you talked about Like you were working in a corporate setting and then you continued to do your side hustle, but with corporate partnerships, and then you felt really burnt out. Mm -hmm. So can you take us back to that time? Like, and I don't want to dwell on it, but like, I feel that sometimes there are people out there, specifically women who are running so, so hard and they might not know like what those burnout signs and symptoms are. So Mm -hmm. can you take us into a little bit of like, what were those feelings? What were those thoughts? that made you realize, okay, something's got to change. Yeah. So I'm happy to talk about it because it was kind of like a turning life moment for me. Um, So two years ago, two and a half years ago, I corporate clients have served me well. And I did a lot of white label work for agencies, which has, was amazing, right? It got my name out there. It got me experience, but it's, I got shingles <laughs> and oh, wow. I thought it was like a spider bite on my back. And I'm like, this really hurts. You know, maybe it's it, whatever. And I had my husband take a picture and send it to my mom, who's in the medical field. And she's like, that's shingles. And I was like, okay. And at that point, I had basically been running on like, not even empty. I was like nothing. I wasn't doing anything that I enjoyed. I literally was getting up, being pissed off at everybody, including my family, pissed off at myself, looking at my house that's a disaster doing all of the work that I needed to do, putting the kids to bed, working for another two hours, and then waking up and doing it all over again. And like getting shingles was kind of, and that's my whole background has always been hustle mode, hustle mode, hustle mode, hustle mode, because the other shoe's going to drop Nina. And if you don't have a plan for that, what are you going to do? So for me, it's very deeply ingrained. And I went to the doctor and they're like, you're too young to have shingles. They're like, it's probably not, but come in anyway. So this was like this fall before COVID. 
So, um, and I went in there like, oh yeah, it's shingles. And my doctor was like, you need to take care of yourself. She's like, this is 150% stress. And while shingles isn't an end of the world thing, it was like a big signal to me. Like, okay, you need to slow down. You need to make changes. And it wasn't just that I was unhappy. Like I was miserable. My kids could feel it. My husband could feel it. I didn't want to do anything. All of the things that I love doing, I just stopped doing them. So like, and I kind of had this coming to Jesus moment with myself. And I was like, okay, money is nice. And that feeling of security, like security is awesome. But what is this how you want to live your life? And I feel like a lot of us have those conversations, but I really had to dig deep and be like, what am I willing to give up from like a materialistic perspective to be able to sit and look back at my life and be like, I lived it the way I wanted to. I was happy. My kids remember, because at that point it was like, mommy, why are you working all the time? Mommy works all the time. Mommy has to do another call. I had zero boundaries, like zero fucking boundaries. Oh, you want to talk to me at eight o'clock at night because you're on the other side of the world? Sure, let's do that. I did it. And, you know, at some point, like that catches up to you. You can't do that. You can do it for a little while, right? You can use that momentum to get you to sort of like up level. But I was doing that. This was 2019. I've been doing that for five years with kids. So, yeah, that was where I was at, where I was just like, I got shingles and I was miserable. And I woke up one day and I looked around me and I was like, I can't, you know, I'm going to be turning 40. This is not how I want to look back on my life or my kids. Like I was looking at it from their perspective being like, are they just going to remember mommy was miserable, but that's nice. We were able to afford vacations. Fuck that. I didn't want to live like that. Oh, that is such an eye opener because I think we probably, maybe I'm making a blanket statement here, but I feel like there's probably a moment for every entrepreneur Mm -hmm. where you have that like eye opening shit. Is this what I really want to be doing? Is this the best use of my time? And Mm -hmm. some of us might feel that energy. And I talked in a previous episode about like masculine versus feminine energy. And so like some of us might lean into that masculine and be like, I can push through it. It's fine. I'm going to keep going. This is just a bump in the road. And that gets you, like you said, a little ways, but eventually you have to like sit back and you have to say, all right, it's time to make some changes here. And for you, it was that medical event and for different people that might have conspired differently. But I feel like we all can relate to having that moment of, okay, what do I do from here? Is this what I want to do? And then you have to make that decision. And so for you, after that moment, tell me about making that transition from like the clientele you had built up to then making that move into entrepreneurship and working primarily with female business owners. How did that transition yeah. happen? Yeah. So I would say it's still a transition, but that, mm-hmm. that November I dropped my longest standing client. I made like 10 K a month from them alone. Mm. It, it, it had been something that I'd wanted to do for a long time, but I got caught up in codependency, feeling responsible for their business. Oh, and that is like, like, you know what? The, I'm the only one that knows how to do this for this client, this client, and this client. And I'm, I mean, I'm in a freelance capacity, but I had taken on so much from that and, and responsibility of being like, oh, you know what? If I, if I do this now in Q4, what are they going to do? So it took me a really long time. I've been wanting to do that for like two or three years. 
And it really took me that long. And I had tried it the year prior and everything exploded for them. And they're like, please just come back for a little bit. And a month turned into a whole nother year, mm-hmm. but I did it. And I, I did it in a way that maybe, you know, I didn't give them two weeks. I'm a contractor. I said, look, I said, I can't do this anymore right now. There were a lot of things going on. There was a lot of, they were amazing, but there was some toxicity and things like that. But my own codependence was like, okay, I was like, I can't. So that was my first thing is opening up all of that time to be able to pursue things. And then that January or February, I joined a mastermind with Holly Haynes and started taking the baby steps to be like, okay, I've never had to look for work before. It always came to me. I refer word of mouth referral, you know, you're networking. It's like the most undervalued thing ever. No one talks about it, but it is, it's super powerful. Um, so I needed to, you know, get myself on, I didn't have a website really. I had like a little website, but it didn't do anything for me. And I needed to be like, who am I, who am I going to serve and really figure that out? I knew female entrepreneurs, but that's a big bucket. And so that started and I, it took me like a year to really sort of feel out who I wanted to be. Cause I'm kind of like a spicy person, but I was afraid to, <laughs> to be like that online. I really kind of kept myself in this like little corporate box of like, these are the SEO tips you need. And then something like around this time last year shifted. And I was like, Nina, you're just going to end up in the same fucking exact place. Mm-hmm. If you keep on doing this, what, you know, if you keep on doing the same thing, you're going to do, you're going to get what you always got. So like last year, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be who I am. And if people like it, great. If they don't, okay. Scroll past. That was hard for me to do though. It's still hard, right? Because you want that validation. I'm a complete like people pleaser, um, like, and no, no more, but I'm working on it. And so that was really hard for me. So just transitioning. And then in the last like six months, you know, launching the podcast, really stepping into my voice, like really owning my expertise and being like, actually, I know what the fuck I'm talking about and owning that. And when I did that, like things started to open up, you know? Like you mm. let go of something and the universe is like, okay, I'm going to send shit your way now. You're ready. And so that's sort of what's been happening. And it's been amazing. And I'm, you know, some big things are happening in my business this year, this quarter. And that's been this whole evolution, getting me to this point of being able to serve female entrepreneurs in a way that feels really authentic and aligned with who I am and what I want to do. I love this. I just had a conversation with another podcast guest who will be upcoming. And she had, a, you know, we all have journeys and she talked mm-hmm. about how like where she is today. Now she can see exactly how and why she had to go through each of those seasons or each mm-hmm. of those other positions because it taught her a lesson for where she is today. And I think that relates to you too, because if you hadn't had the corporate experience or if you hadn't had this transition time where you were like taking a break to, or not a break, but taking a beat, I guess is the better thing to figure out exactly who you wanted to be. And then like a little bit at a time you were coming out of a shell and it's like, looking back, you can see exactly what each of those stages taught you. And it's come together into who you are and who you serve today. I think that's awesome. hundred percent. I love that. Yeah, totally. So tell me a little bit about, you said Q4 coming up is huge for you. It's going to be a lot. You've done a lot of new things already. You host the Elevated Visibility podcast. Do you do one-on-one work too? Tell us all about like as an SEO expert, what does that look like and how do you help people? We've got, and keep in mind, the listeners are probably at a variety of levels here um, of understanding what SEO is and how it helps them. 
And it might be a bit controversial because I came up as a social media like expert and I'm kind of shifting my ways talking about how we need these other visibility options that you teach. So I'm going to hand it over. Tell us a little bit about SEO and why it's important and how you support your clients. Yeah, I love this. So I feel like SEO is like the original internet hype girl in a lot of ways. And I think a (laughs) lot of people, a lot of people are shifting back to maybe older school marketing tactics, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And so I, yes, I work one-on-one. I work with people in a couple of different ways. I do SEO breakthroughs for people who are like, okay, I've heard of this SEO thing, but I don't really understand what it is. And we really just chat for 90 minutes. And a lot of times people are like, well, what's 90 minutes? It's, it's amazing what you can like break through and like peel off the layers in 90 minutes. Um, and just to give them an idea of like what's possible and what SEO really is and isn't. There are a lot of people out there, I've realized, who talk about SEO that it's not what it is, <laughs> you know? And I think like just sort of getting rid of some of the misconceptions. Um, and then I do one-on-one work for sure. People who are like, okay, I need a plan. I don't know what to write about. I need help, like optimize my site. Tell me what's, you know, needs to be fixed, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, and then the thing that I'm most excited about, I mean, I love all my work with everybody, but I'm launching uh, a membership called Visibility Co. It's launching in a few weeks. And it's basically like agency level expertise from an SEO and digital marketing perspective for entrepreneurs. It is like nitty gritty in the trenches. It is not like fluff. It's not a fluff membership. It's for the entrepreneur who wants to roll up their sleeves and really learn stuff and implement it in their business. So we are going to cover a pretty wide spectrum, including SEO, but also like Google ads, social ads. What the hell is my analytics telling me? And why is it important? And what do I do with this data? All of the different things that kind of go into this marketing bucket that I feel like people are often intimidated by that's what we're going to go over. And it's also like, if you're a VA and you want to offer this stuff to your clients, but you don't really understand it, boom, this is the membership for you. And I'm really excited about it because I, accessibility is one of my pillars. And I feel like, you know, sure, you, some people can drop five or $7,000 on like a done for you three month SEO package, right? But not everybody can. And I really wanted to be able to serve people at different places in their journey and make it accessible in a way that I felt was not only like an energetic match for me, but transformative for them. So this is that, this is all of those different desires into one, into one amazing membership and it's community, right? Like I'm big on that, like other entrepreneurs helping each other and lifting each other up and being like, Hey, what do you think about this? And so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm like leaning closer to my computer as I talk to you. I'm getting so excited about it. I can tell like, and I think we can hear it too, but like, I can see it in the call, like how excited you are about this membership. And I think, wow, because just what you said, like sometimes there are these components of running a business where entrepreneurs, like, we just feel like we are so out of our element. Like I started this business to like sell beautiful clothes, or I started this business because I can make a great smelling candle. But then you get the Google ads or you get the like Facebook denials, your ads rejected, Mm -hmm. or you're like, there's all of these other things that come along with entrepreneurship. So I love that you're making it accessible because that's something I really value and believe in too, that you don't have to have like an advanced level degree to understand some of these things. You just need a person you trust and vibe with and understand 
to show you how to do it simply. And like with especially SEO, I'm going to come back to something you said a little bit ago, but there are, there are so many misconceptions and I will raise my hand because I'm probably one of those people too. And you can kind of like almost take yourself out of the game by just being like, nope, nope, nope. That is too much. I'm not a techie person and I cannot do SEO when it's like, maybe you just need someone who can explain to you what it is and a few simple ways to approach it in order to feel empowered and then go do it yourself. It doesn't have to be fancy. Again, my thing too is like simple. It doesn't have to be complex to be effective. So anyway, can you take us back to, again, like what are some of those misconceptions that you see about SEO? And then we'll start to unpack that and we'll go a little bit deeper. Yeah. So one of the big things that I see is uh, a lot is blogging is dead. Nobody mm-hmm. reads blogs, so you don't need to do SEO because everybody's so flipping obsessed with short form video. And that one drives me flipping crazy. First of all, 77% of online users read a blog every day. Wow. I did not know that. Stat. I'll, I'll, I'll cite that stat in your show notes all day long. Okay. So people are reading and consuming written content. And, and that one grinds my gears. The second one is people think SEO is like a, is technical. And there is a technical component to SEO, but from my perspective and the way that I talk about it, it's a little bit different, is that it's informative. Using keyword research and understanding how people are using language to find solutions to their problems, to find answers to their questions, to seek out services that you provide, that right there for entrepreneurs is the most valuable part of SEO from my perspective, is If there's anything that you do, it's understanding those terms and keywords. And it's so ironic because the same people who I see saying SEO is dead are like, this is how you do TikTok SEO. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, go figure, right? And the thing is, there is so much content created on any given day across multiple platforms. Those platforms need to have a way to know what to serve people. It's not just the virality or it's trending. That's part of it. But they also, if somebody types in SEO expert into Instagram, Instagram needs to know, they need signals to serve up content based on that, right? So like, I think people don't really realize that. They're like, oh, it's that technical thing you do with your website, when really it's about information and bridging the gap between people who have a need and your content that serves that need. And I think, you know, five years ago, even, I would say SEO was not different, but it could be more boxed in. Today, I'm like, pick a platform. That algorithm is using SEO and this is how you're going to leverage it. So, um, and the other misconception, yeah, is that it's it's hard. I can't do it. And like, just so you all know, listeners, I can't long divide. I can't do multiplication. My husband laughs at me. He's like, how do you look at analytics data and understand this? And you can't like, you can't long divide. My <laughs> brain doesn't work like that. But I, but I can do it, right? And so like, I'm not a techie person, but once you understand how it works and what Google and other search platforms want, it's so much more, it's simplified. But I feel like they kind of want to keep it because it's a very male dominated industry. So I'm going to say this, I think they want to keep it like, ooh, it's really hard. Like you need like to be a programmer and you need a developer. I'm like, oh my gosh. I think it's done on purpose. Like they almost keep it cloaked under all of this like technical verbiage because when you really peel it back, unless you're like a big e-com site, sure, that shit gets technical and complicated. 
but the entrepreneur sites aren't. Once you peel back the layers and really understand, oh, people are looking for this. I can create content around it. And I need to do some of these on-page optimizations that are pretty simple once I know what to do and boom. But I think they want to keep it overly complicated because it's a billion dollar industry and they want to make money off of people who are like, I can't do it, just do it for me. So um, I don't know if those are really misconceptions, but just some of my thoughts about like the industry and the space. Um, But the number one that grinds my gears that I see blogging is dead. I'm like, people are going to need it. And the other thing about that is like, there are really cool like tutorial videos on TikTok. Like there's this woman I follow who does like organization. I watched the video 20 times. I had to go to her blog post where she wrote the steps out step by step. So I could understand how to actually fold the towel in the fancy way because my brain (laughs) was not like computing the TikTok video. The TikTok video got my attention and I discovered her that way. But then I went to her website where she had the written content, the blog, so I could really understand the information. So that's another value, like take the search, like the SEO discoverability aspect out of it. It's just an additional way that content to help educate your customer or your client, right? Video, short form video alone can't do that. So like you need, and you need to have a hub, right? For all of this amazing content that you're creating. So like, those are, you know, those are just some of my thoughts. Everyone's like, you don't need a website. And I'm like, I I shied away from saying that, but I'm actually like, yeah, you kind of do. I don't care if it's one page that links to a Google drive with all of your shit on it. You need something. So Uh, those are are some of my thoughts. (laughs) I love thoughts by Nina. Like yeah. <laughs> that's no, I agree with so much of what you're saying. And like I kind of said earlier, I came up in I almost call it like the golden age of social media. I feel like a, <laughs> yeah. a grandma. But like honestly, in 2016, 2017, when I was like helping clients get started, like here in small towns, like small entrepreneurs, small town mom and pop shops, it wasn't like as cool here in small town to have a Facebook page. And then all we had to do was like put out a video or a post. And it was just like wildfire because people were like, oh my gosh, they have a Facebook page. I could see what they're doing. And to your point too, it wasn't like I was creating anything fabulous. I was just saying, what do people want to know? How can we show them that? And I was bridging that gap using social media. And I agree to your point too, like social media is a great tool still today for getting attention, for grabbing eyeballs, but we can no longer like throw out a one-off post and be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the thing that sends me viral because there's so many other components to it. And in today, 2022, going into 2023 with you, I believe we all need to have like a website and a social media presence as our cornerstones. So the social media can get the attention, but you drive them to your site that houses all of your information. And then you need to have some kind of thought leadership, like you were talking about too, through a blog, through a podcast. And that really does so much for establishing you as the expert, the go-to. And it doesn't depend on algorithm changes. It doesn't depend on tomorrow reels not being the thing or TikTok not being the coolest platform out there. It allows you to have more of that longevity and something I heard in your podcast, that legacy content that can bring people back again and again, and it's not going to disappear in a day like it can on social. 
hundred percent. I love talking about legacy content. I'll beat that drum all day long. Cause this is the other thing too, that I think people forget about platforms, especially like TikTok. It's all user generated content. There's zero system in place to vet that content. So like, just because you're finding that information doesn't mean it's accurate business information. So I think TikTok is amazing and Instagram too for discovery. And there's cool, sh- I mean, oh. it's an entertainment, right? There's cool stuff out for there. For sure. Um, but it's not legacy content creation. And I think like audio, video, or written content, pick one and then repurpose as desired, you know? And um, this is, I'm actually doing like a little challenge with myself about this in my podcast, repurposing them all as blog posts, which has been like on my to-do list for since I started. But I'm like, you're going to do it. And then you're going to be able to show people the impact of that. Because the thing is like, yes, Instagram and social and all of it, awesome discovery, great for showing vulnerability and that authenticity and nurturing those relationships. And people can discover you, but you need different ways for people to find you. Not everybody is on TikTok. Not everybody is on Instagram. And there are people who need what you have that are looking through other avenues, be it listening to a podcast. I That's how I, I was asked to speak at a summit, do a summit video. She's like, I went down like a podcast rabbit hole and I found you. And I'm like, amazing. Oh, that's awesome. You know, like it, those are different ways for people to find you. So yeah, I love the legacy content concept because I feel like when you really lay down that foundation, coming up with social like media content becomes easier too, right? Because you have a foundation and you know that foundation is built on the shit that people need. And then you branch out. I see a lot of people who are like, this is how you repurpose your social media content. I'm like, what if you flip the script and you have a legacy piece of content and that's what you repurpose? So. Oh, I, yes. I think that's where we need to be going as we look at marketing trends for 2023. It's really honing in on that legacy piece and the repurposing for social. And that will give you, because there's so many people out there and I like, I love to build out a content calendar for like, what should you say on social? But it really does begin with like, what's the main focus? What's the main topic? And that can be your blog or your podcast or your legacy piece of choice. But it starts with something grounding and then you can break it off from there because it gives that consistency. And again, it's driving people to a place on the internet that you own and they can get lost in your other content and start binging it. And then they know if they want to work with you or not. And like hundred percent, I have made so many friends from Instagram and I will always be there for like the community and the connection and the entertainment value. But sometimes like, I might be using Instagram for that, but like my ideal client, like they might not be on Instagram. They might be somewhere else. And then they go to my website and look for more. So I am hundred percent on board with what you're saying about legacy content and building out your site because it's crucial to have one. hundred percent. Sorry. I got kind of on a tangent there and I'm like, I don't even know what my next question is. I just feel like we're vibing here, Nina. <laughs> I love it. I think it's a really good conversation. So I'm, I'm here for it. Um, okay. So when you like, you made that choice that you were going to kind of change a little bit of your approach. Sorry, I'm going way back in the beginning of the interview, but you made that choice to like switch up and start working with like female business owners and entrepreneurs specifically. And you said you leaned into a little bit more of what felt aligned to you. And I think going through your website and your socials, you can definitely see that you bring, and it even says on your website, like you bring a holistic 
approach to SEO. How is that different from what other SEO experts might bring to the table? Yeah. So I look at SEO as being, so a lot of people look at SEO as like an overlay and I really look at it as being foundational and that's kind of controversial, I guess, in and of itself. Um, But holistic SEO is really about making the end user the focal point of what you're doing. And that is a, what we talked about, like, what do they need? What are they desiring? And using keyword research and competitive SEO research, all of that to inform. And then this is where it gets a little bit into the technical, like what's happening when they hit your website? Is it taking 20 seconds to load? Let's fix that. What is the experience that they're getting, right? When they hit your website, there's the on-page components, making sure that you're using the signals that tell Google, hey, this is what my content is about and this is why you want to rank it, right? And then there are other components to SEO like backlinks, which is basically like when another website links back to yours. But I really look at that as like an additional visibility opportunity that a lot of SEOs look at backlink in this very like formulaic methodical thing. I'm like, okay, we're going to take backlink building is kind of like a PR move almost, right? Mm -hmm. So like, how can you, podcasting is a perfect example of that, right? So like you're on a podcast and that person has a high like domain authority. Their website is super popular. You want that link back to you, right? From their website. But the podcast like guesting was the way to get to it, right? But you build that backlink. So like, how can you use what you're doing in other places in your marketing strategy or your visibility strategy? Like I'm going to pitch a hundred podcasts, make sure this is what you need to do to benefit your SEO. Things like that, that a lot of SEOs, I don't think talk about or think about. And some of that is because that's very nuanced and specific to female entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general and not like an e-commerce website, right? Um, But I like to look at the whole picture. Like, and then what we've laid out for your website, how can we leverage that on social? What do we need to do? Like, what should you be using in your content? Um, What kind of things are people looking for on TikTok? What kind of hashtags are they using, et cetera? Because hashtags are the new keywords, right? And I have booked... So much business from people typing in SEO expert into Instagram in the past six months. I'm like, how'd you find me? They're like, I typed SEO expert into Instagram. And I'm just like, okay, thank you. Because I always ask. So like that to me is amazing. So like, how can we leverage SEO, not just for search engines, but other platforms that are utilizing SEO as part of their algorithm? So full, full picture. Oh, I think that's so cool. And I love that we went into that because yeah, like you can look at SEO just from that like Google ranking, but in today's day and age, and especially for women, I feel like we just like, we spend our time yeah, searching on Instagram or searching on Pinterest. And Mm -hmm. those are very important to your digital footprint. And I love that you're taking all of that into account for your clients and your soon to be group members so that they can learn that. And I think it also goes to show like you can leverage visibility in a lot of different places. You can choose the one that feels aligned to you, but having some of these foundational concepts and understanding helps you leverage that and really amplify what you're already doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Love it. Mm. Mm, So good. So tell me a little bit more too. I know like when I came to your page earlier this summer and I was like, oh, this girl, she looks like she's my vibe. And then I was watching your Instagram stories and you're like pulling cards in the morning and you're talking about woo woo stuff. And I'm like, this is it. This is my girl. So 
I think this probably has to do with that leaning into yourself as well. When you made that like very intentional change in who your ideal client and how you were going to serve happened. But tell me a little bit more about like, how do energetics work into your personal life and your business? And what are some things that has taught you? Yeah. So this has been a big part of my personal development. And I actually started working with another mentor, Ash McDonald, and she's a therapist turned holistic business coach. I don't know if you know her, but she basically like, I started working with her almost a year ago. And this is really what opened up this side of like the energetic side of my business and how I approach it. And I've always been an intuition led person. Like I'm always, I've always been a sacral, like "Mm, my gut's kind of like, yeah. I've ignored it. Right. But it's always been there. And so like working with her and just sort of leaning into thinking about what is, what is my body saying? What is my gut saying? Like, is it, if yeah, is it like a full hundred percent? Yes. Because looking back in my business journey, I said yes to a lot of things where I did not want to say yes to my body was saying no, but my mouth was saying yes, because I was scared. I had scarcity mindset. If I don't say yes to this client, then I'm not, you know, I'm not going to have any money and things like that. And one of the big, big things that I've really focused on is if it's not a hell yes, it's probably a hell no. And if I'm not hundred percent sure, just allowing myself to sit with it. And that's been huge for me. And then like with energetics too, just allowing myself to believe in myself and the scarcity is a big part of this, like understanding that when I create space, for the things that I truly desire that are meant for me, the universe responds in kind. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard for people sometimes to believe that, but, and I'm like, you know, I, I love woo, but I'm also a pragmatic person. But when I look back at my life, especially before I had kids, when you don't feel that same weight of responsibility and like, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Every single time I just sort of followed like, hell yeah, hell blazing. I'm doing this. I got on a plane, I moved to London, I didn't know anybody, all of these things, it all led me to where I was meant to be. So just really kind of embracing that. And as I've gotten older, it's been harder for me to harness that in because I, you know, you have anxiety about your kids. And as we get older, risk, our risk tolerance goes down. But that has been one of my biggest things. And so applying that to my business and understanding like, it's okay to take risk. It's okay to say no. Saying no to a client or a potential opportunity isn't shutting down your business for good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then pulling in like the sacred creators deck that I pull from, I pull from two, but that's my favorite one. I've had at least six people buy it. (laughs) So (laughs) like Instagram, they're like, well, what is that deck? And just allowing myself to like really listen to my intuition and my gut and be like, what, what is it? You know, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Not what are you supposed to like that scene in the notebook? Where, you know, where he's yes. like, what do you want to be like, you know, what do you, I know like totally cheesy, but now I'm showing my age, but that's it. Like, what do you want? And really leaning into that. And the cards are just an awesome way to do that. And it's amazing when I, I posted about this, but when I was launching the podcast during my VIP session um, with Rosa, who's amazing, I lost my voice when I was supposed to be recording <gasps> the first notes. And like three times that week, I pulled cards related to the throat chakra. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, even if you're like, mm, Nina, that's too woo for me that whole like week. I'm like, okay. I was showing my husband. He's like, mm. <laughs> he's still not on board, but whatever. And I was just like, oh my God. And I realized like stepping back in that it's that I was afraid. 
mm-hmm. me losing my voice was 100% my body reacting to my own fucking fear of putting my own truth and vulnerability out there. And as soon as I made the conscious decision that it was going to, I'm going to, going to do it and it is, it's going to be okay. My voice came back. I recorded the episodes and I made it happen. And so like, but that's just an example of like the, the woo kind of just being like, you know, nudging you and telling you what you already know, mm-hmm. but kind of like slapping you in the face with it a little bit being like, hello, you know? And so it's, that for me has been so, um, because it creates expansiveness, right? Like it's allowed me to just do what I really want to do without worrying about the what ifs. And that's, that's what I love about it. Ah, oh, I love hearing this. And I, I used to be that person who was like mindset eh, or what, like, you know, I questioned this stuff and I'm like, I need to know what is the next step. I need to know how to get to point Z from point C or whatever. I wanted to know the steps. And then it is like when, and I honestly a hundred percent have a hard time still defining like, what do I want? And so bringing up that, that, oh yeah, the notebook scene is very like sticks out in my head, but yeah, I have a hard time defining that. And I think to your point, like it can be very like fear inducing. Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, can I say that? And maybe that's like a woman thing, but it's like, how do I say exactly what I want? And like, that feels a little risky or a little scary, or like I'm asking for too much. But in those moments where you know, when something is right. And like you said, you know, when something is a red flag and I can guarantee all of us have those examples of times where we said yes to the wrong thing and it didn't pan out. I've got like, there's an example at the forefront of my head right now uh, from my, my own self. And we also have these opportunities that fall on our lap almost. And we're like, I never saw this happening, but I'm going to trust it. And then you take it and it's like, opens up a whole new world. And so energetics doesn't have to be like this woo woo, like you're like, you know, sometimes it gets that bad rap, but so much of it is just your body knows the score and trusting those little pings that they're going to lead you in the right direction. And I love that you have that practice into your day. So good. So good. I love it. So Nina, we're getting close on time. I knew we would fill so much more time. Then we actually have scheduled, but tell me just a little bit more about your membership that's coming up. Cause I know that's happening very soon. And so you gave us a little preview about some of the things that you're excited about, but why don't you give us like, what is the thing that you are most hoping to accomplish with this group membership in Q4? Mm-hmm. My number one goal is, of course, the transformation, but it's that aha moment when I'm talking to somebody and they're like, I can fucking do this. I can do this. I know how to do this now and I can take it and apply it and it's going to help my business. And that for me is like the number one thing that I'm so excited about is to bring women in for those aha moments and that transformation of being completely put off by something that they've been probably told by whomever that they can't do, or it's too hard or didn't see value in, and then learning it and understanding it and being able to take it and leverage it to create expansiveness, visibility, and like bottom line for their business too, right? Like it's not just about being seen or found, but really being able to leverage that to make more money. Um, And so that's what I'm most excited about is just those aha moments, that transformation where they're like, oh yeah, I got this. 
Mm, so good. Where can people go to find out more information about that membership or about some of your other services, Nina? Yeah, they can check out my website. Um, there is a link on there for the visibility code. They can learn all about it, the ins and outs, what's included, what it costs, the whole, the whole thing. Okay, perfect. And we'll be sure to include that in the show notes too, so that they don't have to go too far. It's really easy to get to you. Um, okay, Nina, we always end with what is called the small talk round. I never send out prep questions for this because it's just like off the cuff things that I'm wondering. And I just want to ask you on the fly. So are you ready? Ready. All right. Question number one, what is a podcast or a book that you recommend to every female business owner you encounter? Ooh, this is a really good one. I can't think of the name of it. It's about magic and using magic in your business, but it's really about um, what we just talked about with energetics and leaning into yourself and just like letting the universe take charge and follow your intuition. I will, I wish I could remember it. But I will make sure to tell you so you can include it in the show notes. Is it a colorful like cover? Is it big magic? Maybe. Okay. Man. When it comes to you, send it to me. When it comes to me. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Question number two. When you're sitting at your desk to work, what are some of the snacks or drinks that you have to have nearby? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I make them a latte every morning. My husband got me this super fancy espresso machine last year for Christmas. And I'm like obsessed with it. He hates it. He's like, it's so loud. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> like the little 100 like calorie guacamole packs with either Triscuits or like carrots, like sliced up veggies. Cause my kids are obsessed with that. So I snack on that. And then I almost always have like a handful of chocolate chips on my desk. Mm, I love that. My sister, like she, I'm not throwing you under the bus, Jesse. Um, but, um, she like, and I do too, but like just chocolate chips straight out of the bag. Like when we were kids, she like stuff it down in between the wall and her bed. So we wouldn't know where the chocolate (laughs) chips went. Um, but she's going to kill me, but yeah. And we still like, we'll snack on chocolate chips. So I'm so glad to find a fellow chocolate chip lover. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got a jar like in my pantry because I put them in a jar and they're all different kinds, like dark mixed in with semi-sweet milk. And so you just grab a handful and it's bad. Yeah. It's so good though. (laughs) Okay. Last question. What is a non-business bucket list item that you have before the end of the year? Ooh, that's a really good question. Non-business bucket list item. Um, man, I thought you were going to ask me just general bucket list, but that I could answer, but for the end of the year, um, oh, okay. I need to think on this one. Um, I know I stumped you. These small talk round ones. These small talks. So one of the things that um, I have been working on is creating the schedule that I want versus the schedule. And this is, it's non-business related, um, but there's this amazing yoga place that I went to pre-pandemic and I haven't stepped foot in since then. Not because of the pandemic, I just haven't had time. So like every other Friday on my calendar, it says Nina day because I have nothing every other Friday. So I guess a, a not like it's not really bucket list, but keeping true to that and really allowing myself to have that day for myself, not getting sucked into scrolling and like doing all these things that aren't really working like for my business, but I feel like are and just taking that time to do things that I want to do, be it like yoga class, go walk on the beach, whatever it is. And like honoring that promise to myself, like I mark these days out on my calendar on purpose, now follow through. Fall through, bitch. You've got the day. Now use it. So, 
<laughs> so that would that is probably it is just allowing myself to have that time to really just lean into whatever it is I want to do. I love that. And I just wrote down on my note sheet, follow through bitch, because that needs to be like <laughs> a very beautiful graphic <laughs> on my social media feed. Yes, um, yes, it does. I love it. Nina, I've had so much fun chatting with you today from the technical to the energetics to the chocolate chips. Um, it's just been a blast and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here on the podcast. So thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. I feel like we could just talk for hours. Maybe we need a part two. I love it. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. We will. I've got, yeah, we'll just, okay. (laughs) I'm already formulating questions in my head. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Nina. Thank you. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. <laughs>